Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is Good News of Great Joy. Good News of Great Joy. Good news is something all of us need to hear. Living as we do in a world where bad news is almost all that we hear every day. But I wonder what Christmas means to a mother who lost her husband, who must take care of three or four children, working every day, never quite getting everything done, and never making ends meet. What does Christmas mean to her? Is it good news? I wonder what Christmas means to an 80-year-old man living in a shack in some third-world country who knows nothing about shopping malls and Christmas trees. What does Christmas mean to him? Is it good news? I'm sure it means different things to different people. To merchants everywhere, it is the busiest time of the year. Stores stay open longer. Huge discounts are offered to attract customers into their stores, hoping to make enough profit to see them through the lean times ahead. For some employees, it means a Christmas bonus, a little more money in their pockets to do the things that they want to do. For many teenagers and adults, it is a time of fun and parties. For children, it is a time of impatience, with time seeming to pass so slowly as they wait for Christmas morning to open their gifts. You may have heard the story of the folks who decided to throw a party in honor of a very special friend. They sent out invitations, decorated the hall, and had the food catered. All the people came together at the designated time. But to their surprise, the guest of honor was not there. Finally, they made the embarrassing discovery that no one had ever invited the guest of honor. Do we go through all the decorating and buying of presents and preparing of elaborate meals, but somehow forget whose birthday it is. Now, one family tried to overcome that by putting an extra place at their Christmas table for Jesus and calling Christmas his birthday party. When one of the daughters was asked if she got everything that she wanted for Christmas, 
She answered by saying, no, but then it is not my birthday. See, Christmas is a time to remember our Lord's birth and what it is supposed to mean to us. Luke chapter 2, 9 through 11, we read, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Now, 20 centuries have rolled by since that glorious night when the angel made the announcement to humble shepherds. The angel had the privilege of sharing the best news the world has ever known. And I want to share with you three reasons why this announcement by the angel to the shepherds was good news. First, it was good news because it banished fear. Because it banished fear. The first word from heaven to the shepherds were, do not be afraid. It was not a new message, for time and again, those tranquilizing words had come from heaven to men such as Abraham, Isaac, Gideon, Daniel, Zechariah. But to the shepherds of Bethlehem, the words, do not be afraid, came with a new power and significance, for the coming of the baby was the fulfillment of the prophetic scriptures. Daniel foretold when the Messiah would be born. Isaiah said a virgin would conceive and give birth to a son and would call him Emmanuel. Micah told us where he would be born and Jeremiah foretold the killing of innocent um, babies after Jesus was born. The entire Old Testament is a story of God preparing his people for the coming of Jesus. You see, when we think of all the wonders surrounding the birth of Christ, the angels, the shepherds, the star of Bethlehem, the 600-mile journey of the Magi to see the Christ child, we cannot get around the fact that something miraculous took place at Bethlehem to which humble shepherds were witnesses. God had entered human history to banish fear from the hearts of men and women for all time. It is interesting to note that the favorite words of Jesus uh, while he was here on the earth were, do not be afraid. The disciples heard them every time they were troubled or afraid. When Jesus was leaving them, some of his last words to them are recorded in John chapter 14. And in verse 27, it says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not 
be afraid. You see, Christ has been speaking those words to us ever since. So to anyone who is afraid of life's circumstances, comfort yourself with the words of Hebrews chapter 13 and verse, and verse 6. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? And to anyone who is afraid of, of dying, John tells us in Revelation chapter 1, 17 and 18, So when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one who died. Look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and the grave. And to anyone afraid uh, of what may happen to them in the future, given the, all that is taking place um, in our society, uh, Revelation chapter 2 and verse, and verse 10 assures us. It says, do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. Be faithful even to the point of death, and I will give you the crown of life. And to anyone who is afraid of all of the bad things happening in our society today, uh, we are, can be encouraged uh, by uh, the words of Hebrews uh, uh, chapter 13 and verse 5. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never forsake you. You see, God would have us remember that no circumstance can restrict him, no adversity can hinder him, no situation can constrain him, no enemy can defeat him, no obstruction can block him, and no force can limit him because he has all power in his hands. So Christmas is good news. It's good news, secondly, because it brought great joy. Good news because it brought great joy. The angel said to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2 and verse 10, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. And so we, we sing as we, uh, we sang today, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. And O oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant, or repeat the sounding joy, and tis the season to be jolly. But real joy seems to elude so many people. You see, we have all heard the statistics of how the Christmas season is a time of depression for so many people, and of how the suicide rate goes up this time of the year. Christmas is to be a time of joy. The fact that God made the announcement to shepherds help us to understand the real uh, meaning of Christmas. You see, shepherds were at the opposite end of the social strata from King Herod and all the influential people of uh, the day. They lived in the fields with their animals. 
they weren't respected. They had no power or prestige, but they were important to God. Their lives mattered to God. I imagine the shepherds must have sat around the campfire many times and wondered if life was really worth worthwhile or not. Maybe someone listening to me is wondering, what difference does it make if I get up every morning or not? It seems as if my life has no meaning at all. It's when God made this announcement to the shepherds. He is saying to us, your life is worthwhile. It is my gift to you. Therefore, live every moment of it. Because your life does matter to me. The announcement of the birth of Jesus brought good news of great joy. It was great because it had been long anticipated. It was great joy because the Messiah was finally here. It is said of the Magi in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 10. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. You see, the joy of Christ's coming didn't end with the shepherds and the magi. It had to do with the joy he would give to all of us who call upon him and know him as uh, our Savior and Lord. I call reading some time ago. Some of you know that I'm a historian, so I pick up these little tidbits here and there. But I, I recall reading about the joy with which our slave ancestors responded to the good news of their emancipation. The reporter in this instance was the great American evangelist Dwight L. Moody, um, who was born in North, Northfield, uh, Massachusetts. Soon after the Emancipation Proclamation was signed by President Lincoln, Deal Moody went to Richmond, Virginia, with General Grant's army. He said he visited a black Baptist church in Richmond, one of the largest in the South, and found it crowded with worshipers. One of the black chaplains of a northern regiment was the preacher. In his message, the preacher said, and this is what what Deal Moody is reporting, The preacher said, mothers, rejoice today. You are forever free. That little child has been torn from your embrace and sold to some distant state for the last time. Your hearts are never to be broken again in this way. You are free. And Dale Moody said to the women in the congregation clapped and shouted, glory be to God. And the preacher turned to the young men and said, young men, rejoice today. You have heard the crack of the slave driver's whip for the last time. You are forever free and your posterity shall be free. And they clapped and they shouted, glory be to God. And young maidens, the preacher continued, Rejoice today, you have been put on the auction block and sold for the last time. You are free, free forever. And they clapped and clapped and shouted, glory be to God. But the good news 
proclaimed by the angel at Christmas time brings even greater joy. For it tells us uh, that our emancipator, Jesus Christ, has arrived to deal with the sin problem that we all have had to deal with. Listen to what Jesus has to say about joy in John chapter 16 and verse uh, 22. You have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice And no one can rob you of that joy. And in John 15, 11, I have told you this so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 8, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. I don't know about you, but it brings me great joy just to know that the all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipotent God of the universe was born into the world for me. Yes, he did it for you as well and for all the world, but he did it for me. That's a personal testimony. You see, he was born for me, he lived for me, he died for me, he rose from the grave for me, and today he ever lives to make intercession for me. Christmas is good news, thirdly because it brought a savior. Christmas is good news because it brought a savior. Luke chapter 2 and verse 11. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. The word Savior means deliverer. Jesus came to set us free from sin and to deliver us from the dominion of Satan. His role as Savior was spelled out to Joseph in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21. It says, you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. See, because we are sinners, we need a savior who could break the power of sin and deliver us from the penalty of sin. Did you know that the first prediction of God sending a savior was made to Satan in the Garden of Eden? After Adam and Eve sinned in the, in the garden, God promised that a descendant of the woman, Eve, would come to crush and permanently defeat the serpent. As um, Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 tells us, from now on, you and the woman will be enemies, and your offspring and her offspring will be enemies. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. See, Satan and his demons have been working since the Garden of Eden to prevent the birth of Jesus. And when Christ was born, there was great rejoicing by the heavenly hosts in the plain sight of the shepherds. So Jesus was indeed the Lamb of God, the one who from eternity, 
was designated to take away the sin of the world. This is more than healing the sick, more than feeding the hungry, more than clothing the naked, more than educating the ignorant. This is a lifting of the burden of sin that had crushed humanity since Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden. He was born the Messiah, the anointed one of Israel. He was and is the one of whom Isaiah prophesied to be the root out of dry ground, who was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. He was the stem of Jesse, the branch of Zechariah. In a word, Jesus is that one of whom Moses uh, in the law and all the prophets spoke and all the psalmists sang. Unless the birth of Jesus at Bethlehem was the incarnation of God himself, it would have called forth no angel's song or brought any joy to mankind. A God in the sky will never satisfy men and women here on earth. What good is a God above the bright blue sky who does not understand our struggles on earth? What intimacy can there be between the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity and earth-born beings such as you and me? God had to come and live among us experience our temptations and suffering in the flesh as we suffer. See, there was no other way to save us from our sins. As John tells us in John 1 and verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and, and truth. So the Apostle Paul, writing to Timothy, um, says this in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15, this is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them all. You see, Paul is speaking about the one who uh, left heaven in due time, caught nature's nine-month train, came through 42 generations, and got off one night in Bethlehem of Judah in the city of David. He was born in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes, because there was no room for him in the inn. You see, at Bethlehem, the finite met the infinite. The temporal met the eternal. Heaven and earth coalesced, not by proxy, but in the wonderful person of Jesus Christ. In him, all the fullness of the creator and the fullness of the creature dwelt. He was Emmanuel, God with us. The good news of Christmas is that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And fail he shall not. This very day, tens of thousands of people will accept him as their Savior and Lord. Drug addicts and alcoholics, pimps and prostitutes, 
thieves and murderers, rich and poor, educated and uneducated, black and white, yellow and red, all will have found in Christ pardon for their sins and the power to live a life of victory. Oh, many of us here today can testify that faith in Christ, the Christ of Bethlehem and of Calvary, is what has enabled us to stay calm in the midst of crises, that has enabled us to have peace in the midst of problems, that has enabled us to experience joy in the midst of sorrow, and to press on in the midst of pain. Faith in Christ has delivered us in times of difficulties, strengthened us in times of trials and temptation, sustained us in times of sickness and suffering, and leads us in times of darkness and despair. And the good news is that Jesus offers us today a life that can never be forfeited. He offers us an acceptance that can never be questioned, a standing that can never be disputed. He offers us a peace that can never be destroyed, a joy that can never be suppressed, a love that can never fail, a power that can never be exhausted, a salvation that can never be annulled, a forgiveness that can never be, be um, rescinded, and a hope that can never be disappointed. And so, brothers and sisters, do you know this Christ I'm talking about? Or do you love him? Are you willing to serve him? And are you giving him the best that you have? Then go and tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith.